Today's SceneCast is brought to you by It's All Your Fault, a new podcast from the scene about the Nashville Predators. The show features David Beauclair and Megan Sealing talking about all things Preds. Beauclair has covered the team for two decades, which gives him as much perspective on the franchise as anyone in Nashville. Sealing was a Predators fan before even moving to Nashville five years ago, keeps a small shrine for Victor Arvidsson, and is personal friends with Peter Laviolette's turtle. That last bit may or may not be true. With one insider and one outsider and a range of guests, they'll follow the team's quest to return to the Stanley Cup Finals. You can subscribe to It's All Your Fault on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn today. I'm Nashville Scene Editor D. Patrick Rogers. On this week's SceneCast, we'll be talking to Culture Editor Megan Sealing, who wrote this week's cover story about McCamey Manor, an extreme haunted house about an hour south of Nashville in Summertown, Tennessee. So, Megan. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Thanks for walking over the 20 feet from your desk for this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, extreme horror houses... What, why, <laughs> what is wrong with people? What Just, the hell, right? Yeah, walk us through this thing. Um, well, so Boo Haunts, obviously, is is what they've... I've learned a lot, I should say. <laughs> I should start with about just the haunted house culture. And I think what we all know haunted houses as, um, as, you know, in sort of the most generic form, it's like a boo haunt, they call it, where you'll go, you'll usually pay some sort of admission, 15 bucks or something. You'll wander through some well-decorated rooms. They'll have volunteers that jump out at you but never touch you. It's always seasonal around, you know, Halloween, of course. Sometimes they have them at Valentine's Day. I know Nashville recently had one. Um, and uh, and just, you know, it's always just a lot of fun. You get scared, but you know you're safe. Minor spooks. Uh, minor spooks, yeah. Um, but over the years, I think as people have started to become either desensitized or just bored or just wanted more, um, haunted houses have also evolved in that sense and have gotten more and more extreme. So, like, there's a place in New York, actually, this is real, is what it's called. Um, and you are kidnapped, quote, kidnapped. It's called um, This Is Real. Yes. Okay. And uh, and it, you're kidnapped. You're thrown in the back of a van or what seems like it's a back of the van um, with other strangers. And you have to basically escape. Um, and then you have to go through all of these different rooms and escape all these different rooms. So it's like a real intense escape game. And all the while, a killer is chasing you. Um, and of course, it's all fake. But they could grab you. Um, they might, like try to quote kill you and so i think you get like two lives or something um this so is real so it's more interactive yeah this, this is, is real. I see what you it's did there real, but um there's another one la in la blackout which has expanded to like new york and chicago i think um and it's also seasonal um but i've never been through it but it's supposedly super frightening mm-hmm. uh and one of the things that after reading about it that it appears to be the case um they turn a lot of the like mystique of like what your own fears are deep in your subconscious against you. So there's a lot of like blank space, a lot of dark space. You have to go through it alone. You don't know what's happening. There might be some noises, but there's not a lot of visual things. So really it's your own brain that ends up turning against you and you start convincing yourself like something is about to happen or someone's about to come or, you know, um, it's apparently very terrifying. Um, and they just kind of, <laughs> they just, they make your imagination do all of the work. Monster of your own making kind yes, of. Yes. Um, so there's out. a whole spectrum of haunted houses that exist out there, it turns out. And they are getting increasingly more 
intense, I guess. But McKamey Manor has existed um, for over 10 years at this point. It started in San Diego uh, and only last spring moved to Tennessee. And that's when I first heard about it. And it blows all of those haunted houses out of the water. Well, and yeah, and we're kind of talking about these places like, uh, did you say blackout? Yeah. And, and you know, they sound like they have an air of professionalism to yep. them. Like, you know, they're businesses. Yeah, you have to businesses. pay money to get in there. Right. Um, they so, have business licenses, I assume. Yeah, I would imagine they have like a website with yep. photographs and yep. all kinds of things <laughs> like, like that. It's a real thing. Pay taxes. Yeah. But now tell me a little bit about <laughs> McKay McKay Manor. Manor is not that. And its yeah. uh, proprietor. Yeah, so it's run by a guy named Russ McKay. And it was started by him when he lived in San Diego. And it started as a boo haunt. That's how it started. He just set it up around Halloween for the neighborhood. Uh, And then, as haunted houses tend to do, just got more and more and more involved until it became this thing. It's not even right to call it a haunted house anymore. And, you know, you can call it an extreme haunt. That's a thing where it's more interactive. Uh, Actors can touch you, um, grab you, scare you more so than just like yell in your face wearing a costume. Um, but McKamey Manor has taken that into an entirely new level of, it's like Fear Factory, but without the, like the gloss of network television, you uh, know, fear, like Fear Factory or Fear Factory. Okay, yes, right. Fear Factory. Joe Ruggen, Ruggen yeah. makes you bugs. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Um, it. But it's so much more intense, but it's, it's sort of that kind of mindset where it becomes a bunch of challenges. It's not just about wandering through this house. Um, it's a challenge. It's a test. It's a game. And then what he does, um, Russ McKamey, the owner, he videotapes every visitor that comes in to McKamey Manor and he turns them into these movies. And part of it, is, is in the editing. You don't see a lot of what's happening in McKamey Manor, and that's why I think this story was so fascinating when I first started looking into it. Mm-hmm. Nobody would say what happens in McKamey Manor. You only have these really well-edited videos to show you, like, there is a person that looks like they are having a psychotic break, screaming for their lives, begging to be released, and, like, he's cackling and feeding them more bugs. But these are people who, at least ostensibly asked to do this and wanted to do this and pursued doing this. Yes. And so that's, and then that's where it started to get real interesting when I was like, okay, so this thing exists. It's in Tennessee now. It's like an hour South of Nashville. Um, A couple people started talking about it a little bit in my circle of friends. Um, And I was like, well, how much does it cost? Like, what do you get? And it turns out it's, it's free. Admission is a bag of dog food. Um, and he donates that to a local rescue. He's a big dog lover. Right. He's um, got a few dogs himself. Right? Um, he doesn't have any in Tennessee. He oh, had some in San Diego. He had some um, but and he hopes to get some now in Tennessee. But okay. but um, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> like he um, his his ex girlfriend got the dogs in the breakup. They broke up, and she ran the haunted house with him. Um, and uh, and now here in Tennessee, it is even more of somebody will apply for it. Basically, it's this giant application process um, that is very strange. He makes you go get a physical at the doctor so you know that you are physically sound to do this and all of the challenges. Um, he does an interview with you to make sure you're okay in the head, um, that does you he don't have any <laughs> psychological issues, and are you going to ask if he has any medical experience? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, that is an excellent question, and the answer is no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, okay, no, yeah. yeah, but he was in the Navy for 25 years, okay. um, and so he, um, he at least has that experience, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know how that gives you any sort of skill to um, recognize somebody's psychological 
uh, uh, like profile, but whatever. Um, but you know, he's a super nice guy. And that's the other thing. So you're going through this interview process, talking about whether or not you want to go into this house to basically be tortured, um, which is a loaded word. And they say it's not torture, because mm-hmm. it's all about the movie. But by definition, you are essentially consensually being tortured, essentially okay. consensually being tortured. <laughs> ah. um, because once you pass all of that, the contract process begins and it lasts at least six hours. And throughout all of that process, he will like dump fake blood on you, make you eat weird stuff. That's where the fear factor thing comes in. Um, he'll make you like hold that 50 pound bag of dog food and run around uh, five laps in the yard with a bag of bricks on your back and all the while saying you can't stop. Um, because if you don't do this, you don't actually get into the manor. So none of this is actually even in the house yet. That's all the like contract part. Okay. So this guy, yeah, <laughs> somewhere over a decade ago, he starts mm-hmm. this this haunt that escalates. And into yeah, this. it was a boo haunt even in the nineties. So okay. it's been a long time. So he's been around for a while, mm-hmm. and at a certain point, he was just kind of one of those guys. I mean, I I grew up in the suburbs. We had people who kind of did their DIY haunted yep. houses, and it was fun. And sometimes the you know some weird dad would take it a little more seriously than the rest. Right. But this seems like a vastly unchecked dad, like yeah. <laughs> two decades deep, who doesn't have any kids, as far as we know. Um, so he relocates to Nash- to, uh, to Tennessee, yep. uh, to Summertown, which, as we know, is a, it's a pr- pretty interesting place to begin with. The, yep. the farm is out there, which is you know a, a really really long running commune here in Middle Tennessee. Yep. Uh, you got the nearby Elephant Sanctuary in Hohenwald, right? Yep. So it's already an interesting part of the country. There are so many interesting little nooks and crannies down yeah. there. And do we know why he decided to settle here? Well, he decided to move to Tennessee because he had met a fan online um, who w- he was looking to move out of San Diego. Um, and as he told it to me, one of the reasons he settled on Tennessee is because he knew he would already have somebody who was willing to like be an actor, basically, and to help him with his shows. And the okay. fan was like, well, I live in Tennessee, and I like it here. And if you're looking for a place to move, you know, he wanted to find a place that he could just pay cash for. Um, he bought the land, according to land records, 40 grand for two acres down in summer um summer town and i talked to the district attorney because of course the district attorney of lawrence county has been involved in this um uh and he said uh one of the reasons that it could have been appealing to him is because there's no zoning law in summer town it is an unincorporated uh community and so you can do whatever you want on your property you can have a business you can have an attraction you can it can be residential so he's not breaking any land rules um you know like and if, if you were here in Nashville proper doing this, they might be able to say, like, this land is not zoned for business, zoned for business or zoned for attraction or whatever, right, or whatever it, it is guess, you would call it. I yeah. guess, is it a business if he's not taking money? Exactly. So there's that loophole, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's, I think, one of the reasons that Summertown was maybe appealing. Like, it's an affordable place to live. It's close enough to other big cities in the South. People are willing to travel. Um, like, people have flown in from, like, Europe and Kuwait to take these tours. Yeah. It's a big deal. He has his YouTube channel had millions of views. Um, and it's just, yeah, now it's down in Summertown, Tennessee. And the, this is the, the compelling part of the story. So when we were, when I was reading your cover story, which you did a great job reporting it, Thank by the way. You. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, after I had read it and then, you know, our uh, Dana Franklin and Jack Silverman who help us edit the stories, they're reading it. And all along, every question is answered except 
you know, what makes a person want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> but you, you spoke to some of, pe- some of the people who had been through it, and you yep. kind of got an idea of why it is they're junkies for this sort of thing. Yeah. What, what was your impression of these folks? To an extent, I got an idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are mixed – it's a mixed bag of people. There mm-hmm. are a lot of people who love it. There are some people who hate it. Um, but the one thing that everybody seemed to agree on um, was, first of all, that Russ is so charming. And he really is. Um, he is just – he's a smooth talker, and he sounds really friendly and really trustworthy. Um, and he will be your friend up until you get into McCamey Manor is how he puts it. Um, so I think that's one thing that kind of – He'll make you feel okay about the fact that you're basically agreeing to be tasered um, or tased, however you would say that. Um, but he's, he's literally tased. But or he will people. literally he tase is, you. Is, yeah, yeah, he'll shoot you with a paintball gun. Um, he will um, – well, and he doesn't do this in all cases because he has the actors who sure. help. Um, but those things will happen. But then also another thing that was like similar is all of these people are adrenaline junkies, whether or not they call themselves that. Mm-hmm. Um, they still like, I talked to one guy who was in the army and he was saying that he has tried so many different things to try to re-experience that adrenaline that hits you when, as as he said, like when you say your last prayer, you're locked and loaded and you go out past the wire, you don't know if you're coming back. Um, the adrenaline that hits you in that moment, uh, you, you end up kind of missing it. Like, and not that you want to go back into right, war or right. anything, but you do kind of miss that feeling. Um, and he said that McCamey Manor was the first time he was, he had gotten as close as he ever had to that feeling again. Wow. Like, because, you know, you, you will be waterboarded. There will be, like, it's it's simulated, but simulated drowning. Um, there is all kinds of different things that people say happen, but you don't know that that's actually what's happening because you're blindfolded. A lot of your senses are turned off. Um, but he said that it was super therapeutic, actually, to, like, experience that again and to not know if he was safe. Yeah. You know? But to, at the same time, know that he was safe. Okay. Because sort of that this lack guy of can't kill you. Right. You know, he would be arrested. Right. Even if you sign a 20-page waiver, which you have to do. Right. Um, and I go more into the waiver in the story. Um, so he, you know you're safe, but you don't know that you're safe. Sure. And, yeah, it's the lack of control. You can't control what you're doing. He'll put you in a straight jacket. Um, he'll zip tie your hands and your feet. Cold water is involved. Um, so you're going to be super physically uncomfortable. And, and a couple of people that I talked to really liked having that feeling. And, and both of them, in, in this case that I talked to for the story, had military backgrounds. Um, so it's not that they're adrenaline junkies, but they know what true adrenal- adrenaline can kind of feel like, like sure. the life or death situations, I think. Um, and some people are just super into Halloween. Like, you know, <laughs> could be a, so they're super into Halloween. They like scary movies. They like gory things. Um, and it's just appealing to be like, I want to be in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I want to know that I'm going to be okay, supposedly. Uh-huh. Um, one woman I talked to was not okay. And I want to ask you uh, about There that are a few others who, who who have said similar things. Um, but you want, like, some people just watch a horror movie and are like, I wonder what I would do in that situation. Sure. And here's your chance to find out what you would do in that situation. Yeah. If somebody was telling you, like, fight for your life right now, mm-hmm. they're going to bury you in the dirt and make you breathe through a straw 
what would you do? I guess we're all kind of fascinated by what would our response be yeah. when my fight or flight kicks in, what would I do? Because right. a lot of us say, well, you know, if, if somebody attacked me, I'd do this and that, and then, you you know, it's well, like, you might just pee bullshit. your pants. You're not going to do friend. any of that. Yeah, you, um, you will so, pee your pants yeah. and scream. So, it, yeah, I guess I can see, as somebody who's a curious person, I could see that angle to it, but I also very much value comfort. Yes. So, yeah. Um, he tried to get me to do it, He is, and he's super smooth on the phone, too. Yeah. Like, I started answering questions about, like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> What's your height? How much do you weigh? Are you physically able to do things? Like, do you wow. have any cycle? And I started answering these questions I guess without even charming. realizing. He was like, "Okay, so you're ready for your tour?" And yeah. you, he was like, "So go get your onesie, Megan, and because uh, you have to wear an adult onesie through mm-hmm. the tour, um, which is another." Weird aspect. It's normal. Uh, totally normal. <laughs> I'm wearing well, onesie under um, my clothes right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, you said you like comfort. Yeah, Is there exactly. anything more comfort I'm, I'm, I'm than, like, comfortable extreme than comfort. like a flannel onesie? He's into extreme um, horror. I'm into extreme comfort. And then you're comfort. going to be waterboarded. Um, <laughs> but you'll have a very comfortable onesie on. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I mean... So, so you were talking about there's a one woman. I believe this was when it was in San Diego. Yes, who did think that he went too far? Yep. Now, what exactly happened to her? So she took. She flew in from Colorado. So she traveled for this tour, like so many people do. Um, and she had been in touch with Russ for a few months um, up leading up to the tour. She was very excited. She got a tattoo mm-hmm. um, before the tour because she was so excited to do it. Um, and then Russ found out that she was having an online affair uh-huh. with somebody in the McCamey Manor group, and he agrees that that this is what happened too. Because I asked him about that. Um, she was on uh, on. She was separated from her husband at the time so she wasn't cheating um, and she thought this other guy was also separated from his wife um, so as she tells it of course it, it wasn't cheating and it was online there was never any physical anything it was all online and she was even a little embarrassed to admit that she was like it sounds silly but that's the case but Russ was offended that she would meet somebody in his group um, because he's very careful to keep McCamey Manor away from like BDSM bondage sort of fetish things like uh, he's I like see. this is not that I guess this there could is be not an, an audience yeah. out there that thinks that this, yep. that's what this and is. Like, and there is a big Venn diagram with like extreme haunts and, and that life and like BDSM lifestyle. So he is very careful to keep that away. And so I think when like in the Facebook group, he finds out people are like meeting and dating, um, like he got really pissed and he outed the relationship to their family, like hours before her tour. Um, and like it caused the online guy that she was that she was talking to he as she said dropped her like a hot potato her husband asked for a divorce they were still friendly um but he was like that's the last straw mm-hmm. and she went through with the tour anyway cuz she was like i came all this way i mean she literally and got a tattoo she got a tattoo a yeah. tattoo. and she flew to san diego you know she's mm-hmm. like russ was either like you know you can enjoy your stay mm-hmm. uh see you later or you can still take the tour uh, yeah. and she decided to take the tour and she was like i was emotionally broken um i didn't know what else to do i didn't know really where to go so I'm going to go take my tour um and she had seen videos and seen what had happened and everything but then like the physicality that she endured in there was it sounds like so much different than what a lot of other people have endured um like she was she was beat pretty severely um in the face over and over again and she sent me some pictures and I talk about that in the story too um just how swollen her face was how bruised her legs were um she said she went to the hospital afterwards and said that there was a hairline fracture in her foot um 
And I asked Ross about this. He doesn't believe there is a fracture. He doesn't believe he's ever broken a bone, but um, he does agree that like that they made her do this thing called fish hooking, and they did this thing called fish hooking to her. I guess the actors did, where they put your fingers, put their fingers in the cheeks, and pull them apart opposite directions really hard, um, and uh, and it just. All said and done, she said it lasted over two hours. Um, Russ said it was a little shorter than that. She finally, they started burying her under dirt, gave her a straw to breathe through. It started going down her throat. It sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, and and I talk about it more in the story. I don't want to like do it disservice here by mm-hmm. by making light of it in any way. It does sound absolutely terrifying. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and, uh, and, you know, but she was at the same time she signed up for it, mm-hmm. you know. And so afterwards, um, like she begged to be let go and they finally let her go. Mm-hmm. Um, and she went to the hospital and got checked out. And uh, and then afterwards, the more she thought about it, it's like that wasn't right. Like right. that was further than it needed to go and not, you know, not what she felt like she signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she went to the police. But there's not much that they can do legally when – Ultimately, you, you signed sign a waiver, a waiver yeah, mm-hmm. that said you might be punched, that said you might be have fish hooking done mm-hmm. on your cheeks, that said you're going to be shot with a paintball gun, you're going to be tased, you're going like all of these things. And of course, the the thing that is interesting, like those things can happen and they do happen to some people and they did happen to this woman, mm-hmm. for instance. Um, but he also says that like he has a caiman, a bit like a little alligator named Ralphie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an alligator there is in no Summertown, Tennessee. I'm yeah. sure of it, you know? <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe he does, but I'm, I feel so certain he doesn't. And because so much of it is this, like this fantasy, this idea that he has all of these tricks and sure. all of these props and all of these contraptions that you'll have to escape from. And so he's selling this grand idea. So here you are hearing, oh, I'm going to be punched in the face and I'm going to be shot with a paintball gun and I'm going to be tased and I'm going to be waterboarded, but I'm also going to have to eat cockroaches and I'm also going to have to like, you know, run a lap around a yard holding dog food. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to know where his his lies begin or where his like his selling of the fantasy begins sure. and where the actual what's going to happen to you in the house begins. And so I, I I kind of see why somebody would look at that and be like, okay, well, they're not really going to slap me in the face a dozen times, mm-hmm. you know, like right. they're saying they're going to, cause that's part of the process to be scared. Um, and, and in some cases and with, with, with this woman's case, the worst ended up happening. So she was still like legally anyway, sort of stuck. And now there is a, uh, I guess not a safe word, but a safe phrase. Yes. But yeah. you ha- it's complicated it's or you have com- to say it a so lot long. or something. Yeah. And they yeah. decide what it is the day of. And in San Diego, they didn't allow safe phrases. In Tennessee, I talked to the district attorney. It is required by law. Um, Tennessee has a super great law that you can withdraw consent at any time from anything. That's you know? probably a good call. Good, good call. Good, yeah, good but you job, said Tennessee. earlier. You said earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You can't say like, this sounds like a great idea. And then you're stuck with it right you can withdraw consent at any time so now when somebody uses the safe phrase no matter what even if they don't use the safe phrase and just say they want to be let go mm-hmm. russ has to stop the show immediately mm-hmm. and the sheriff's office down there the da's office down there in summertown they're all aware of him he has to follow their rules 
completely. So he does. Um, but in San Diego, he didn't necessarily have to. Um, and so, yeah, the, I went actually down there one Saturday for a tour with a guy that was doing it. He drove up from Tampa, Florida. Um, as I mean, they travel from so far, it's amazing. Um, and, uh, and the safe phrase, I can't even remember it all, but imagine that you're being physically exhausted and emotionally toyed with, but then you also have to remember something that's like, my name is, I forget what it is, but like his name is Brian Vanover. And it's like, my name is Brian Vanover. And I drove all the way from Tampa, Florida with my lovely wife, Stephanie, um, to just to tell Russ McCamey that I should have listened to him. And I really didn't want to do this. And the McCamey Manor kicked my ass or something like that. It's like that whole thing. If you can um, catch your breath to say yeah, it. Yeah. And so it's know, like, not being fish tried it, like, And he'll, he'd have to let you go whether or not you remember sure. it, but he says that he won't. Um, and like, imagine, yeah, imagine being waterboarded and being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And having to like, like say that whole safe phrase. Um, yeah, it's, it just makes me say what a lot. (laughs) Well, I got to say it's a very rich and fascinating story in part because I would, and now I don't know the statistics, but I would feel like nine out of 10 people probably doesn't want to go and do a place like this. Yeah. Probably doesn't want to get fish hooked by a stranger partially buried alive, waterboarded yep. and all that. But for that one in 10, I think that element of mystery is is pretty intriguing. And for almost everybody, a story like, story like this, I think is just what's going on in there. Yeah. And what compels those people and to And I do think it. that's why a lot of people want to do it. Because mm-hmm. there's a big Facebook community with it too. And they all like cheer each other on. Like he'll stream some of the, the portions of the show onto Facebook. And people who have done it in the past will like cheer and jeer and, and be like, like, oh man, you wussed out too quick. And So it's a community. And then, it's- yeah. And then they message each other afterwards and, you know, and talk about it. And um, like it's a whole it's a whole community of people who are into this. Uh, and they're like, a lot of the people I talk to are super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you in that. Like, it's not for me. Well, and that's what, you know, I, what I've been thinking through this whole thing, if I had to do this, what would my method of torture be? Not that right. you get to select it, <laughs> not that you get to select it, but I think if I had to, what would it be? Typos. Yeah. Oh God, errors, no, no. Dangling somebody, modifiers. Somebody just screaming dangling modifiers <laughs> in my face while I d- wasn't able to at least subtweet them. That might be that might be my means of torture. Yeah. I don't know. I've always thought, what does waterboarding feel like? But I think that I would find out in about a quarter of a second and be done yeah. with that. And I think people are super surprised by that because it's on paper so easy to think like, I can be very cold mm-hmm. for a long period of time. But then once you're finally submerged in cold water, mm-hmm. it's so different. That's like different take an scenario. ice bath and see how long you last. Um, yeah, it's. I think you could go in there thinking you're capable of all kinds of things. And it, it turns out you're not. Wow. Um, you know, especially when you're when you're like voluntarily there. Ultimately, um, I think it it becomes a different a different tune if you know you're yeah. actually being forced to do something. Um, but you know, yeah, if you could just say, "Hey, Russ, stop it." Turns out, <laughs> no, I'm your not patience down. for a lot of discomfort yeah. goes goes way way down. Uh, maybe I'd eat a bug. Now that I think maybe about you'd it. eat a bug. Maybe I'd eat a bug. Come, you'd eat a cockroach, right? And maybe I'd eat a bug. Sometimes they're still alive. Does that change things? Yeah, I'd eat a living bug. You'd eat a living bug? If that's, if that's all one, it was. Yeah. I'd one, one thing bug. that they did in the San Diego haunt is if you puked, uh-huh. they'd put it back in your mouth. Uh, hard pass. Yeah. The, the, so if you ate encro- a bug. Encroaches on my comfort rule again. Yeah. Should we have had a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast? <laughs> we'll Our put producer that, Jason yeah. is over there like, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. The um, I mean, 
Yeah, well, and when I was talking to to the woman Laura, who who ended up being horrifically mistreated, mm-hmm. um, I think that was part of her thing. Is like I can put up with a lot of physical discomfort. I'm still going to do this. I'm emotionally shot, mm-hmm. uh, and it's sort of appealing to see, or at least the idea to see how far you could do something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I absolutely more so than when I first went into this story. I think I see why people want to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm after watching some of those videos, it's like, if you put puke anywhere near me, I'm just going to keep puking on you. Yeah. That's no good. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not something I'm going to try anytime soon. Well, now you've gotten to the bottom of it. Now, you know, I'm glad you're the kind of editor that's like, no, you don't have to take a tour to write. Well, we, we discussed that. (laughs) And you know, when it came down to it. And in fact, you know, I, I'd mentioned this story to some of my friends, but when you were like, Oh, also I'll shave people's eyebrows and hair. Yeah. Usually a lot. Most of my narcissistic friends were like, nah, okay, yep. never mind. I thought yeah, was- and some of the stuff, yeah, it's stuff like that. He's going to shave your shave your head, you know, yeah. or if you have a beard, he might shave your beard off. Nope. Um, and some of that stuff, like, obviously isn't going to cause permanent damage necessarily. Um, but then you, you don't know if you're going to get mm-hmm. the kind of quote unquote torture that will actually perhaps psychologically damage you and cause some sort of PTSD down the line. Give you a soul patch against your will. <laughs> that would do the trick for me. Could you imagine? No. All I, right. like th- I like to think that that's your biggest fear. Yeah, that and dangling modifiers. <laughs> yeah, that's it for me. All right, well, Megan, great job with the story. Thank Thanks for you. reporting it for us. It's a great cover story. Some great photos that we got as well. Yeah, Eric, Eric England, the photographer, went down there with me. He did a great job. Yep. Yeah, we, and we had to stand in the rain for like six hours, so... Well, I mean, it was hard. I was tortured in my own sense. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> terrible. NationalScene.com. Check out this week's cover story. Megan Sealing. thanks for doing it. Thank you. Thank you.